good, everyone. Yeah. Man, we've got a pretty cool church, don't we? I'm telling you. So I, like, I, you know, I'm going to say the, uh, you know, the, the welcomes to Linden Campus out there and Graham Blank, Pastor Jim and, and Carrie and Ponatok. And, I, you know, as I think about, I'm going to go a little all script, script. Um, I, I, I listen to stuff like that, right? And I, you, you guys don't always know the stuff that goes on at just here during the week and all these other places. My, my email is filled, well, I, I do call them back, don't worry, <laughs> with voicemails every week of people who look at this place and believe that it's an opportunity to bring hope back into their lives. And I watch people drive up that driveway every week because they don't know where else to go. And I, and I listen to the stories of Graham Blank with an EMS community that have people commit suicide and they don't have answers and they don't know what to do. But there's a church that loves them and is able to connect them with the Father. And I listen as Ponatok talks about the homeless and the drug addicted and the connections that they're trying to make. And I, I know this is a, it's an interesting time for the church's reputation, but every week I get to see people that still believe that Jesus is the hope of the world and that places like this place and people like you are the ones that can help them connect to that. So keep being you. If you're not doing stuff, come join us in doing stuff. I don't know, you know, like I just, I just, I just listen to that kind of stuff. And it's like, I, if you guys ever have questions about what happens around here and how we impact people, I, please come talk to us. Cause I just, to, to be able to share that from a 30,000 foot view is just a cool thing. So. That was for free. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so I get to close out the summer, uh, which is, I know, bittersweet for some of you. I hate being hot, so I'm really good closing this out, you know. Like, I'm, you know, I fall. I'm a pumpkin spice latte guy. <laughs> a basic white girl is hidden in this body. <laughs> you know, I like a little bit of... A little bit of coffee with my cream and sugar. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about closing this out and, and being able to really lead into the next series as well. And, I, you know, I've shared this before, but moving to Michigan, uh, you guys have a different culture. I should probably say us at this point because it's been like almost 20 years, but I still find things odd, you know? So when I, when I first got here, never in my life, in 18 years in Philadelphia, five years in Virginia, did I ever walk into a home and see this. <laughs> you know, so it's like I, I walk in and I look and everybody's shoes and I'm like, did Jesus return? <laughs> I've been left, Kirk Cameron was right, you know. 
and so it's, it's interesting the house rules that we all have for our homes, right? Like, like wh- whether it's for guests, make sure you use the coaster. Does anybody actually use coast? No. Mm-hmm. Chris, I'm not surprised. <laughs> you know, or, or whether for your own family. This is the first time in my life. I know this is going to sound crazy, but... I, a couple days ago, uh, my family and I, we celebrated our one-year anniversary in our home. And it was the first time, I know, thanks. It was the first time in my life I've ever had a dishwasher. Right? So my wife is like, put the dishes in the dishwasher. But I'm like, you, you're undoing 42 years of not putting the dishes in the dishwasher. You gotta give me some grace, baby. Like, I just, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, like, it's just habit at this point to put the dishes in the sink. So now, but she immediately switched because you women are just better at that kind of stuff. And I'm like, ugh, you know, so I'm learning, I'm learning. But maybe you have rules for your home, even if they're unwritten, unspoken. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's stuff that you expect in your home. And, and as I kind of think about that, I, I think about this uh, Matthew 6. So Jesus is asking, or the disciples are asking, Jesus, teach us how to pray. We see the way that you do things. We see the way that you operate. We see the miracles that you operate in. We see what you do on this earth. Teach us how to pray as you do. And One of these beginning lines is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what that's saying is that we want your kingdom to come. We want your authority to come. That's what that word means. That's the Greek there. We want your authority to come to earth. We want your will, your desire to come to earth. Earth where his authority and desire doesn't always happen. Because if you have to ask for it to come, it doesn't always happen here. But it always happens in heaven. Always. And so that's the interesting part of this prayer is, is it's Jesus saying to them, everything that happens in heaven, you're to ask to happen on earth. And we sing that song, the, you know, uh, too good to not believe that you're a wonder working God, right? And all the, which that was good, y'all, for real. Like, that was legit this morning. I'm not a big, like, singing guy, but every once in a while, a song just hits, and it's like, mm. I stretch it out a little bit, you know? But we sing that song, and do you know what a miracle is? It's earth aligning with heaven. That's all it is. So there is no person addicted in heaven. There are no mental health issues in heaven. There is no sick. There is no broken. All that is, is it's earth aligning with heaven. It's the rules of the home of heaven coming in contact with the rules of the home of earth. That's what it is. And so what Jesus is talking about here is everything that I want, the kingdom, the authority, 
the desire, the will, I'm asking for the operation of home up there to come into contact with the operation of home down here. And so in that prayer, the la- you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The, the on earth as it is in heaven um, is pretty common in Jewish prayer. And it, it really stresses one thing, and this is what I want to dig into this morning. This is not home. If you're a believer in this room, look around you right now. Like, look to your left, look to your right. You are not home. You go home to your house. That couch that you're still making payments on. (laughs) The car that you're still making payments on. Parked in the garage that you're still making payments on. This is not home. You are not home as a believer when you are in that house. You are not home when you walk through this city. You are home when you are in heaven. That is your home. That is our home. And, and sometimes I find that we get ourselves settled here. This is not home. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't take care of it. That doesn't mean that we don't want heaven to come here and to take care of a temporary place that we abode. This is not home. And if we get too settled in that fact, we start to care about things that we were never meant to care about. We start to do things that we were never meant to do. You start to not use a coaster. It's for you, Chris. So uh, this concept of home is not a new concept in scripture. So I'm going to take you guys on a little journey. You ready? Get your shoes on. You know, the, the backpack that has the straw thing right here. Some water for yourselves. Let's go. All right. So Abram... Yahweh appears to him, which I'm sure was a surprise, you know, like what? Hello. Ask his family to leave home. Okay. Chapters later, crazy stuff comes face to face with the father. He's then promised home. Promised home. I'm going to give it not just I'm going to make you a a, a great nation, but I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a land that's home. Now, these people are nomadic for hundreds and hundreds of years, not having home. And all the laws that, you know, like you read the laws in the Old Testament, and your eyes roll into the back of your head and you start to glaze over. What that stuff is trying to accomplish is to bring the rule of heaven to earth. Hey, don't kill people. Hey. Don't sleep with another person's spouse. Hey, I'm the best thing. Make sure I'm first. That's all it is, is it's the rule of heaven coming to earth in a land. We don't have this proper perspective. Old Testament time was crazy, crazy. And so what the law did, the law recognizes the the failings of humanity. You know, there's a law that's like, listen, if you sexually assault a woman, you are to bring her into your home and care for her. And for us today, we would be like, no. Jail. 
and whatever happens to you in there. <laughs> you know, like, we, my goodness, no. But what the law did was in a time where nobody cared about that, the law asked humanity to go from a zero to four. That's all God's asking. And then Jesus comes along and says, you've heard it said to not do this. I'm telling you, don't even look at her that way. Jesus completes that fact, completes the law. Don't just kind of try to atone for this bad action. Don't even think about doing the bad action. And so what the law did was it attempted to bring heaven home down to home in the clash of the rules of this home. So 12 tribes, okay, big nation now. They settle in Egypt. Joseph, story of Joseph. Miss Pat, I know that's your favorite story. So this Joseph comes, brings his family down. 12 tribes settle there, get into slavery. There's a pharaoh that rises and is like, I don't know this Joseph. Enslaves the tribes. Hundreds of years in slavery, freed Moses. They're not home. Wander around in a wilderness, a nomadic place. Where is home? Where is home? We don't think about that side of that for the people of Israel. For hundreds and hundreds of years, they left home to not have a home with only the promise of God giving them a home. That's all they had to rely on. And in that time, man, like some crazy stuff happens. Like God, God's making these promises and they're seeing miracles and they're freed from slavery and captivity. So they, they come up, you know, they're, they're wandering through the wilderness. They come up to the place that is home, the promised land. And in Joshua, God gives all the Deuteronomy, Joshua, God gives all of these rules for what home is supposed to look like and the boundaries for these tribes. I'm, guys, I, I know this is stuff that we tend to glaze over when we read scripture, but nothing in scripture is wasted. And so when God makes boundaries, when God creates this thing, it's because he wants home to operate a certain way. When God gives laws, it's because he wants you to operate under the rules of heaven in a place that's not it. And so he gives all the rules about, you know, sanctuary cities and boundaries and all of this stuff. And the people go in and they're home. We're finally home. And they proceed to screw it up in the most royal ways over the next 900 years. <laughs> What on earth? <laughs> and don't be like, oh, those crazy people, because you and I do the same thing. And so there's this physical journey of, of going home that you and I experience spiritually every day. Because this isn't home. And what it is, is you're being asked to live as if you are home in a place that as a believer is not. Like, isn't that weird? It's weird. It's odd. I want you to operate in this way, in this place that has its own rules, but not by that rule, by this rule. And that's difficult, man. 
That's a difficult thing for us to do. You feel it, right? You feel how hard it is to do that here? How hard it is to, to live for Christ in a world that doesn't really care about that. The rules that he would abide by that, that seem archaic in ways here. Yeah, we understand. You understand what that feels like. I know you do. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you have a Bible, go there. If not, big black letters. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Inasmuch as we, having put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepares us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us the spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer, to be, prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be home at the, with the Lord. You should prefer to be with the Father. I should prefer to be with the Father. My daily life does not allow that. Let's be honest. Does ours? Does the rhythm in which we flow, that's the series we're getting into next, the, the rhythms of life as a believer. And what I want to do here is prepare you for what you're up against with that. You see, because we do this nice, I want to read the Bible more, I want to pray more, all that stuff is wonderful. But there are rules of a house of earth that is literally meant to push against the rules of the house of heaven. And how many of us have said I want this goal, I want this thing, I want this whatever, and the rhythm of life that we set ourselves in pushes back against that. Because you're asked to live at home in a place that's not home, that doesn't care about that home's rules. And there is some overlap, and we'll get into that. You know, something's not tempting if it's not good, right? But we, we want this rhythm of life that would reflect ourselves being a believer. At the end of the day, that's what we all really want, right? To, to know that we're secure with the Father, to live in ways that's pleasing to him. And, and what this is talking about is the fact that, like, sometimes we wrap ourselves with, with the things of this world, with the rhythms of this world, because we just want to be clothed in something. But deep down, when you're a believer, you know, you know, this isn't home. This isn't right. This rhythm doesn't make sense. I can't do the things I want to do because the rhythm that my life is set in pushes back against waking up in the morning and reading the word. 
because the rhythm of this life that I've set myself in pushes back against consistent community amongst yourselves. The reality is you and I set our rhythm of life. You do or don't do, I do or don't do because I set that in motion. So heaven and earth have house rules. And this is by no means a uh, comprehensive list. You know, like, whatever. But just kind of the general things that I see within scripture for, for heaven's house rules and for earth's house rules, okay? So ambition, material, love, relationships, pleasure, entertainment, affirmation, value, power, truth, empathy. Does this stuff make sense? Yeah, you know, like this is the stuff that's generally important to the world. It has value. It's the earth's economy. The, the, the things that people use to, to, to buy and sell in some way, shape, or form, ideologically. And then kingdom, right? Love. Suffering, sacrifice. I'm going to get into that. <laughs> Justice, relationships, hope, resiliency, truth, humility, strength, obedience. Yeah. If you love me, you will obey, obey me. Obedience is the father's love language. Ah, me and the big guy upstairs, please don't ever call him that. Me and the big guy upstairs, you know, we've got, we've got our own thing. It doesn't matter what your own thing is. If you're married in this room, right, and you're like, I, I'm going to love you in the way that I'm comfortable with, and your spouse is like, thanks. There's a lot more laughter from dudes. (laughs) God literally says to you, the way that I want to be loved is by you doing what I say. And that would seem super arrogant were he not perfect. So what other option do you really want? (laughs) You know what I mean? Suffering. We never talk about suffering. You understand that? Never. And yet suffering is one of the few themes that's mentioned in literally every single book of the Bible. And not suffering like, oh, I broke this law. God, please don't deliver me from this. Way. I deserve that, homie. I don't know what to tell you. But suffering because you've done what Jesus would do, and the earth economy doesn't like that. Yeah. Suffering. Suffering is part of heaven's economy. The earth would say, get out from under that as quick as humanly possible. James chapter 1, consider it pure joy when the testing of your faith produces trials. That word is hupomeno, and what it means is a slow crushing, a slow crushing. Like, 
I, I'm trying to introduce, because the new one came out, I'm trying to introduce uh, Trey, my, my oldest son, to Indiana Jones movies, right? So we're watching The Temple of Doom. Weird movie, weird. And, <laughs> you know, they're in that little trap room and the room is like slowly closing and the spikes are coming down. And, and he like goes through that little peephole to the woman that's out there and he's like, Billy, we are going to die, you know? And that's what it feels like. This slow just pushing down and you're trying everything possible to get out from under that except for the fact that scripture says stay in. Stay in. I feel this slow crushing of my faith because culture says that I shouldn't do this and that I shouldn't be this way and that I shouldn't tell people about Jesus, so let me stop. And that's not what scripture says. What scripture says is keep going and enjoy that suffering because you and I look more like Jesus every single day when we do it. Now, let me make a disclaimer here. I said like Jesus, not like political conservatives. Anyway, <laughs> we'll get into that. Isaiah 53:10. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, put him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring, he will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. So that, that word pleased, everybody say pleased. Now everybody say pleasure. Those two words in the beginning of that verse and the end of that verse are actually the same word. It's a, a Hebrew word called hepes. Everybody say hepes. Say it again. One more time. I just wanted to see if you'd do it. The same pleasure to crush was also the pleasure to prosper. Same word used. It is vital that love is defined by God, not a political side. It is vital that truth is defined by God, not a cultural marker. You have to know what these things are because the same pleasure that was used to crush the suffering servant, Jesus, is the same pleasure that God takes to prosper you. And we go, what? That's weird. How can that be? It's because God defines things, not you and I, not culture. So, we go back to this list, right? Like if, if God defines love, see, because there's, there's overlap here. If God defines relationships, if God defines affirmation, if God defines power, if God defines truth, like go through all those earth rules. I'm pointing at the wrong side. Go through all these <laughs> earth rules, right? Like if God defines this stuff, it's good, if, if God doesn't define this stuff, it's not good. 
There's love that God doesn't define. That we use as a definition for love. There's hope that God doesn't define. That we use as a definition for hope. And the problem is those things come so close together at times that when we begin to walk them out to their conclusions, we find ourselves far away from the definition that God would have. Siri, my bad. So it it doesn't, like the word doesn't matter. What matters is who defines it. And if heaven defines, if the house rules of heaven define these words, we're on a good track. If it doesn't, we're further from the kingdom. We're further from home. We don't look like home. And the temptation for the world, how would you define the world? Greed, filth. We would tend to use all of these horrible words to define the the, the world and worldly influence, but that's not true. Again, there wouldn't be temptation for you and I to use those things if there wasn't senses of pleasure that connected to us in them. Be careful to define these things as the way God would define them. Not as you and I would define them. Not as your political party would define them. As God would. Romans 12. Therefore I urge you brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. You literally have to be transformed here to understand that. You and I literally have to be transformed for us to understand the house rules of heaven. We, we understand what is, and be, and be able to do what is good and acceptable and perfect because of what Jesus has done in our lives. And that stuff is defined by him and the only way that we can do it is through him. You're not home. If you're a believer in this room, you are not home. And again, doesn't like love people well, especially people that aren't believers. You know, take care of the place. Don't throw your crap all around. You know, I don't know, whatever, you know. But this isn't home. You and I don't rest here and adopt the ways of this place. And the only way that we can really understand that is by allowing Jesus to completely transform us. And and what we do with the house rules of our home 
will always show how much or how little we trust the Father. Because how many of you know sometimes the house rules don't make no sense? They don't. Read the prophets, right? Hey, my man, you should go outside, lay on your side on your front lawn for a year and a half. We'd be like, I, th- I think I need to be committed. <laughs> like, what did I just hear? You know what I mean? And can you imagine seeing that? Like, Brian, <laughs> what are you doing? God told me to lay on my side on my front lawn. <laughs> like, what? You know? Hey, uh, I want you to go marry a prostitute so that you can show a nation what it's like to follow me, what, what it's like for me to watch them try. If you had a friend that told you that, it's like, what? I know weed is legal now. Stop. Thank you for that. It's a good laugh. You're not home. And, and, and it, sometimes it takes great trust to understand the house rules. I want you to rest one day. None of us have that rhythm of life here. None of us do. None of us remember the Sabbath. Come on, let's be real. And yet God asked for this this one day of not working. This one day, and we go, yeah, but if I work seven, if I fill my day, if I fill every day of the week with something, doing something, then I get more accomplished. But, but the house rules of heaven say different. They say different because kingdom success is different. Kingdom success is different than earth's success. We have got to define success by what the kingdom defines success in. Well done, good and faithful servant, because you did what I asked. That's the only success for the believer. What did the Father ask you to do and did you do it? It's the only success. It's the only thing that matters. How God defines success is you listening to what he told you to do. How do you know that? By opening up that Bible and seeing by being on your knees in prayer, by asking and operating for the gifts of the Spirit to flow in and through you, by going out and preaching the gospel and making disciples, by actually liking each other, not just loving each other, liking each other. That's different. We all know that's different. It's like, well, I guess I'd dump water on you if you were on fire. Okay, (laughs) that's... I'm talking about like it, like I enjoy you getting to know each other and our stories and our backgrounds and seeing Jesus in ways that we didn't know was possible to see Jesus because somebody else sees him through a different lens. 
You're not home. Our home has different rules. Our home has different expectations. Our home defines success differently. Stand to your feet. Lyndon, Grand Blank, Pontotoc, dismissing you guys now to do your thing to end. Love you. Mwah. You guys, you get me. I don't, is it possible to put the, uh, the lyrics of that, the Too Good to Not Believe song up right now? Just that like bridge part. That's what it's called, music people write bridge. And just, just kind of scroll through, you know? Yeah. It's, it's heaven coming to earth. It's the house rules of heaven clashing against the house rules of earth. It's, it's the, the pain of this world being overcome. It's the, the pleasure of this world being replaced by a different definition of pleasure. It's the pursuit of this world being redefined with what pursuit means in heaven. And we sing that song, but is that our pursuit? Are we pursuing our home? Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that we get to be in this place and we get to introduce people to what our home looks like. And I pray that we wouldn't do that judgmentally. We wouldn't do that angrily, God, but we would do that in love because you do it in love. Hundreds and hundreds of years of being smacked in the face by your people when you brought them to home and gave them every tool for home. And even in your discipline of them, there was hope because you have this great desire for us to be your people and you to be our God. And I pray that that would be the case here. Father, if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you, that has no idea what I'm talking about or, or questions that God, I pray for the believer in here that's just getting started on a path and, and, and they know there are things that they do that like, I, I pray for all of us, God, whether seasoned believer, new believer, not believer, we know